0: Good morning, Storyside. Aren't you thankful for God's presence today? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. That's going to be our subject today, following Jesus. we were going to start a new series today, and I could not get away from this passage, and so we are pressing pause on what we had planned. I want to share with you what I believe God wants us to hear today. Let's welcome all those joining us online. Let them know how awesome it is to have them today. Our online crowd has been very strong in 2020 uh, for a variety of reasons, Uh, but we are thankful for technology in times like this. See a lot of names coming up. Jeremy Pence, Carrie Toby, Arizona Garnett Huff. I love you, Garnett. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, Book of James, but... You make it hard not to have favorites. She makes an unbelievable grilled cheese. Uh, it's this, this true. Uh, and cake. Uh, I love you, Garnet. Uh, the Subit family, uh, Dr. Mike and his family, the list goes on. So glad that you guys are with us today and uh, joining us. I'm asking you to lean in, sometimes online. Uh, you can take restroom breaks and grab coffees and tell kids to quiet down. And so I just know because we did it for three months at the Pelkey household, uh, sometimes it's not always as easy to engage and lean in. That could happen even in the room, but I'm asking online, uh, if you will, do your best to block out distractions and ask God in the next 30 minutes to speak to your heart. Do something special today. Uh, I am excited about God's Word. We have our, our harvest party on Thursday night, and so the team is taking precautionary measures uh, to make that as safe uh, and secure as, as they can. And we are excited about that. That is going to be from 6.30 to 8.30, so I'm sure there's more information with stage hosts than at the tent. But I wanted to personally invite you. I love our fall festivals, and to see the kids having a great time and smiling is, is always one of my favorite times out of the year. And we have extra hay rides and things that are going to be happening this year, and so it's going to be a great time this Thursday. Uh, and so we have a lot of different uh, food trucks coming. You showed us a few weeks back uh, that even in this season you love food. Uh, I went around this region during all the food trucks a few weeks ago. I would go in see the long lines and leave like I cannot believe this this many people are out for the food trucks but we have food trucks coming on Thursday. I won't list all of them but we have Frenchies uh, coming on Thursday We have chick-fil-A uh, their food truck is coming on Thursday and so, While the harvest party is from 6.30 to 8.30, uh, a lot of the food trucks will be here at 12 noon and they'll be staying all the way through 8.30. So spread the word uh, and come and gain weight with us. Um, So we will see you on on Thursday. Uh, I want to talk with you today about following Jesus. Everyone say following Jesus. Following Jesus. When you... Think about the word follow. When you think about the word follow, there are so many things that would come to my mind, maybe your mind, maybe you would think of who you follow on social media uh, or who you don't follow. Uh, Maybe that would be something that would come to mind. Maybe when I say the word follow or following, you would think of someone in your family that is not good at following directions. How many could think of that person in your family that is not good at following directions? Uh, How many of you would say that's your husband? Uh, I I could just tell some wives, you were like so excited on that follow. Um, Maybe when I say follow, maybe when I say follow, you would think of following someone who is driving slower than what you wished they were driving. Has that ever happened before? My wife called me just last Sunday. She was going to Ontario and across lex Spring Mill and that one stretch, uh, she was trying to get somewhere and she called me and she's like, I'm behind the slowest driver. And it inspired the sermon. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding due to the quarantine. I'm only going to be telling inside jokes. Um, that's, that, that's not funny. Uh, some of these jokes seriously make my face turn red. Uh, Maybe that would come to mind uh, if if you've ever if you've ever been at a light and it turned green and the car doesn't move and you know it's one of those lights that are a turn signal whatever it only stays green for about three seconds uh, and you're like should I beep the horn should I not beep the horn like I'm going for it like uh, maybe you would think of that how you how, how you don't like following people um, in some of those moments when. When we, talk today, when we talk today about following and some of these things come to mind, I want to talk to you about the most serious, the greatest, the most important follow that will ever take place in your life, and that's following Jesus. There's a lot of different follows in our life, but there is nothing like the subject we're going to talk about today And that's following and continuing to follow Jesus. The word follow by definition means to pursue, to seek, to accept as authority, to engage in as a calling or a way of life. Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 through 22 says, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net. You see the net here today. They're casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. One translation says, Jesus said, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you. Verse 20, at once, doesn't say they thought about it. Doesn't say they give me a few few weeks or a few months. Says at once they left their nets and followed Him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, such a cool name, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and here it is again, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You see three things when you read this in different translations, you're going to see three things really that take place. Tim, if I was to sum it up, these three, these three things that take place, you see the direction of their life is going to change. Everyone say direction. The direction of their life is going to change. The second thing is you are going to see discipling or developing that's going to take place. So the direction of their life is going to change, and now they are going to begin to be discipled. Everyone say Disciple. The third thing that you see in this passage is what I would call dropping. And can we say that word together, dropping? And so they, in this, in this passage, you see the direction is going to change. They're going to begin a life of development or discipling. And then finally, there's some things that they are going to drop. Some things that they have that when they follow Jesus, that's no longer going to be part of their lives would ask you today in the room and online, do you remember your first following Jesus moment? Sometimes once you've been around for a few weeks or months or those that are years, Pastor Mike, I got saved in 1977 or I got saved in 2003, sometimes if you've been around church for a while, it's good to take some time to remember what it was like when you first began to follow Jesus. I had someone just yesterday that had a life of, of addictions and, and a very troubled past and, and family dysfunction just yesterday. They were telling me about the sermon that changed their life. They began to tell me about what they heard Billy Graham talking about and and what he was sharing. And, and they, without even knowing what I was preaching today, began to recollect and to recall and to share with me what was taking place in that particular moment where they decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you could think about the person that invited you. Maybe you would say, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for, and you could tell me a name of someone that prayed for you or someone that asked you once or twice, or for some of you in your stubbornness and rebellion, it was like 10 times or a hundred times or but you said no for a long time. And finally, you said yes. Maybe you could think of that person in your life. Maybe if, if you were to take time to, you could start telling me the nets that were dropped. So for this gentleman yesterday, he's telling me, you know, I was messed up in drugs. And w- w- again, without even knowing what I was preaching, he's just telling me some of the things he was doing in his life when he made this decision and choice to follow Jesus, I wonder today if you thought it through. What are some of the nets that you dropped in your life when you begin to follow Jesus? I think there are several steps in this progression when we read these verses of Scripture and then we look at our own lives. There are several things that take place when we follow Jesus. The first is what I would what I would call sin. Uh, and what I mean by that is you don't really believe that you need a savior unless you first acknowledge sin. So if you, if you never believe Romans, the book of Romans says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all, not some, not most, all. If, if, you, if you don't believe that, then you don't really You don't really need a Savior if you don't think you're a sinner. If if you don't believe, the Bible would talk, talk about sins of commission and sins of omission. So sins that you're aware of that you're doing and sins that you're unaware of that you're doing. The Bible would talk in Romans about continuing in sin or habitual sin. If you don't acknowledge sin, then you can't really appreciate a Savior. And so... The first thing I believe that all of us have in this following Jesus journey is we have an acknowledgement or an awareness. Someone tells us, the Bible says, how can you hear without a preacher? That's what the Bible says. How can you hear without a preacher? So unless someone says we're born in sin, unless someone says that on your best day you're a filthy rag, unless someone tells you that there is the commission and omission, some people don't know. When you hear this, when someone tells you, And you you are aware I have I have a sin issue. At that moment, we all have the opportunity. Sometimes it's it's talking with a coworker or a friend, other times it's in a moment like this where you know, over the years, 30 years now, where I will say, you know, close your eyes. Sometimes I've done it with eyes wide open, where I say, if you're here today and and you've been thinking about it and you recognize and realize I'm a sinner. And I want to give you an opportunity today to be saved, to go from darkness to light, from lost to being found. I have done that more times than I could probably count and watch people as they raise a hand or wipe tears or let us know online or message me, Pastor Micah, on Sunday. I made that decision. When someone has this awareness of sin, they then can have the opportunity for salvation. Salvation. The Bible says salvation is a free gift. There are a lot of things that we need provision for in ministry. So when you hear about our feeding downtown, and when you hear about our sponsorship and support every month of trafficking and church planting and Belleville Neighborhood Outreach and Richland Pregnancy Service, and it's several pages of things that we support every single month and benevolence and helping out even in the last uh, last month with people that have been sick and People, people that have been in the hospital and several different funerals and so many things that I wouldn't have time enough to list, not counting the basics of utilities and, and buildings and multiple locations. There's so a lot of things that I could share with you today that that need provision for a vision, but when it comes to this word, salvation, you can't write a check for that. This is not something that you pay for. This has already been paid for. This has been paid for by Jesus Christ who hung on a cross and died for my sins and your sins so that when I am aware I acknowledge my sin I have and you have the opportunity for salvation sin is the curse we go back all the way to Genesis we see disobedience that opened the door to sin Romans tells us for as by one man's disobedience sin entered into the world and death by sin. Sin is the curse. Salvation, Christ, is the cure. And so there is a light bulb moment when someone says, I'm a sinner. You know, some people, when they talk about the seven steps to a turnaround, the first is denial. If you've heard that before, the first is denial. Some people never want to acknowledge their sin. I'm a good person, Micah. But but there's only one, the Bible says, there's only one good, and that's God. So sometimes people don't want to acknowledge their sin, but when you meet someone who really wants to acknowledge their sin and they say, you know what? I messed up. I I, I have done. I have said. I have gone. Pastor Micah, I need a savior in that moment, sin, salvation. I believe that we all get to this point where we deal with what I would call self-denial, self-denial where when you make the decision to say, I want to be saved, I want to be saved, in that conversation, in that prayer, in that wiping of the tear, when you say, I want to be saved, from that point forward, you don't just walk out of a church building or walk away from a conversation and say, okay, uh, everything's good. Yes, yes, you're saved, but I want to talk to you about some of the steps that you and I take in this journey called not just a one-time follow Jesus, following following Jesus. And some of following Jesus requires you and I to have self-denial. Self-denial. The Bible would say that we are to crucify ourselves, symbolically speaking, we are to die daily. We pick up our cross, pick up our cross, and we die daily if i was to ask you today not not only for the first time but maybe even in ongoing your ongoing relationship with jesus what what were the nets that you dropped what were the nets that you dropped if if you were to look at your life and you were to say pastor Micah, when i gave my life to jesus when i was aware of my sin and i recognized i have an opportunity to be saved. How gracious of God, as far away as you might have been, that God gave you the opportunity that the Bible said, even though you're far, you can come near. And God gave you the opportunity to go from being far to being a son or a daughter. And you're like, wow, I am ready. It's not just a song. You were ready to say, hey, I want to follow Jesus, the world behind me. What were the nets in your life that you dropped? If you were to think about it today what are the things so for them you know I shared with you about how one fish could be equivalent to a cow in that particular culture and era. I shared that a few weeks ago and for them to leave when they talk m- many believe about Peter's wealth with the boating and fishing and one particular lake alone with the miracles that took place they believe there could have been 1,400 boats and Peter was such a player in that whole world of fishing and boating and, and yet Jesus could pass by and they immediately, think about it, immediately, they drop their nets. What is it in your life? And not only did you say, I, I want him to save me, but I'm willing to have self-denial. I know maybe we don't always talk about these words in church because we'll talk about these first few acknowledging and salvation and but, but, but then you hear people talk about, you know, Sunday's my only day to sleep in, or Sunday, you know, we got sports going on, or Sunday's my day to mow, or Sunday, and, and I'm not just talking about Sunday, I'm talking about every day, but, but in our lives, sometimes we need to be reminded that there's also self-denial. There are things that we drop. There are things that we say, this is not just about me. This is about, and by following Jesus, there are some things that I stopped doing, some places I stopped going. I was reminded this week of the joke where the guy told his doctor, said, doctor, I broke my arm in two places. The doctor said, you need to stop going to those places. <laughs> that there should be some self-denial. There should be some things that when you follow Jesus... You're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Not going to live that way anymore. I I don't want that to be part of my life. Billy Graham said this, when we come to Christ, we're no longer the most important person in the world to us. Christ is instead of living only for ourselves, we have a higher goal to live for Jesus. Not only do we have self-denial we have spirituality, or, or what I would call biblically, I want to try to give you very understandably, but, but what the Bible would call sanctification. There is, this, there is this ongoing spirituality to where you say, I am here, but I'm believing for God to grow me, believing for God to stretch me, I'm, I'm believing for God to pull out the very best me in my life. A.W. Tozer said this, if I am to wholly follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I must forsake everything that is contrary to him. I must forsake everything that is contrary to him. Not only do we have spirituality, but then Jesus is going to call us to what I would call serving. Serving. This could be serving his kingdom. This could be serving in your home. Serving in your local church. Serving in your community. When you serve, Jesus said the greatest of all. You know, they they were conversing and communicating on numerous instances. How do we be great? How can we sit close to you? How Jesus laid it out for them. The greatest of all is the servant of all. You say, Pastor Micah, why... Why why would you want me? Why would you want me to attend grow and learn about the church and you know the history and the vision and get plugged into a group or plugged into serving? Because I believe serving is part of following Jesus. And it could be a variety of things. You you could serve at the harvest party or you could serve at the downtown feeding or or you could serve in kids' ministry. There's a lot of things you can do to serve a church or the kingdom or, or the community. But you don't want to live your life void of serving. I want to press pause today and I want to celebrate all of the people at all locations. We have four locations. Three of them right now are operable and opening. But there are people that from 6, 6.30 this morning at different locations that would be setting up and preparing and laying things out so that we could have not only on site but online. There are people who spend hours Just getting the sound right and tweaking and working on videography and photography and so many things, both for in the room at all locations and then those that'll watch around the world. We have people from Canada. We have people from the state of Washington. There's a lot of people just watching online today. That would not happen if there was not people that believed that serving was part of following Jesus. And I just want to celebrate all of the people that serve day after day, week after week. Thank you for believing and serving. Your career, your career, you say, Pastor Micah, I work at this factory, or Pastor Micah, I'm a medical professional, Pastor Micah, and you could give me a lot of answers today, and I just want to remind you, your career is what you get paid for. Your calling is what you're made for. When statistics say that almost 90%, they have done studies where almost 90% of people, they will conclude their life and they have shared in those waning moments of their life, I don't know if I really fulfilled my purpose. I want to give you an opportunity today. I've been so excited to share this message. I want to give you an opportunity not just to accept the free gift of salvation. The Bible says when you do that, all of heaven rejoices. Angels, heaven, they rejoice and celebrate. I rejoice and celebrate. When I see someone raise a hand, I get in my truck that's almost paid for. I am so excited. It's a 2016. It's almost paid for. Longest I've ever kept a vehicle. It has nothing to do with my notes. But, but I get in my truck and I am so excited. I'm so excited that someone got saved. I love when people say good sermon, good message. I love kids ministry. The coffee was great. But there's nothing like when someone says, I accepted Jesus Christ today. (laughs) You're ready for eternity. But I want to give you the opportunity this morning to recognize that this is not just about saying I got saved Now you can serve and help someone else to get saved. Now you can be the one that offers hope to someone the same way God has given you hope. In our final few minutes together today, I'm I'm not sure, David, I'm not sure that these men had any idea when Jesus said, follow me, I'm going to change the direction, I'm going to disciple or develop you, And then you're going to drop some things. I'm not sure they had any idea what that would entail. Now, we don't have time today, but Chelsea, just think about a few stories that would quickly come to mind. I wonder if while they're still holding the nets, that they realized he was going to take them to Samaria. Now, they're not supposed to go within half a mile of Samaria. They're not even supposed to get the dust or dirt of Samaria on them. Isn't it amazing sometimes that God won't always tell you all the details of tomorrow and next week and next month? He doesn't always let you know. He just says, "Follow me, Tim. Follow me. Follow me, Brian." I, I-, I wonder. I wonder if they knew the criticisms they were going to face, Ray. I wonder if they knew that people was going whether it was the Sabbath or not washing their hands properly or eating corn or the crowds and groups that would gather and criticize them. And I wonder if they knew they were going to face criticism like that. I I, I wonder, I wonder if they would have known if they were like, actually, I think I'm going to hold on to my net. Now I know maybe it's not corn and washing hands. Maybe your story would look different than theirs. But, but if we were to go through the highs and lows of one moment, it's a miracle and a mountaintop and talking to Elijah and Moses or Jairus' house and seeing his daughter uh come back to life or maybe it's those type of moments that you would think of like wow i remember jenny i remember some great things in my relationship with god but but there's also some times where you go through some valleys and some dark times and i just wonder if god would have let them know all of the details on the front end if they still would have immediately immediately junior immediately dropped their nets or if there's something to be said for saying I'm going to follow Jesus unconditionally and I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know where he's taking me but one thing I do know I'm following him in our final few minutes together today maybe your story maybe your story includes some landmark moments during your following Jesus journey Maybe someone could tell me today, Pastor Micah, I've wondered why. Over my, my 30 years of pastoring and ministry and Bible college, Terry, I, I've had a lot of people that have said things like this to me. I have some questions for God. They'll tell me that. Micah, I have some questions for God. When I get to heaven, I have some questions for him. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you would say, I've wondered why. I have questions, but I'm still going to follow Jesus. Maybe maybe others, if we were to talk right now, you would tell me about some deep, deep grief. Grief. There there are times even on my end where I have wondered if I wanted to pastor anymore. Some of the suicidal things and, and things that I have pastored through. And sometimes I, I have been like, I don't, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And I can't imagine if it's affecting me this way. I can't imagine what it's doing for that parent, that spouse, that family member that that's trying to show up the next Sunday, trying to raise their hand and worship and saying, You're you're good, God, uh you're you're and, and you're trying to do that. My point is that when you follow Jesus. Not every day is going to be an easy decision or choice to keep following Christ. So, some days discipline needs to kick in and you say, you know what, I'm grieving, but I am going to continue to follow Jesus. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the corn and the Sabbath But maybe you have faced criticisms and critique. Maybe you've gone to that family reunion or that Thanksgiving or that football party and people make a dig. People make a comment. Oh, you go to that church. Oh, you're one of those people. Are you a Jesus? You seriously, you take 10% of what you work hard for and give it to this money grabber who takes all of your money? That's what you do? I'm amazed sometimes, honestly, I'm amazed sometimes at the story, stories just I hear about church money that nine times out of 10 couldn't be further from the truth. My wife, sometimes she'll lay like, babe, you've got to say something. Those are lies. The reality of it is lies aren't just 2020. There's been criticisms against followers of Jesus for years and years and years. Maybe you've heard some of them. Maybe you, maybe you have had moments in your life where people have, have thought you are completely wasting your time following Jesus. But you're still here today. You're still here. Maybe, maybe you're not good with change. Maybe you're not good with change. You know, if you read those three plus years of Jesus Christ, there's, there's numerous times where Jesus is like, hey, let's go here. And then someone's like, but I need you at my house. And Jesus is like, well, let's go here. Or he's like, you know, they're tired, they're fatigued, and it's like, we're going to do this. And then he's like, actually, get in a boat and go over there. Maybe today in the room or online, you would say, Pastor Mike, I'm not good with change. I, I don't even like to change a parking spot or a chair. I like to better on the other side of the campus. Or, you know, I like when this guy sings or that one's, I'm not good with change. But I want to celebrate, because I I recognize that, I realize that, I understand. But I want to celebrate today all of the people that are not good with change, but you're still following Jesus. I want to celebrate the people that you've had opportunities in the midst of transitions over your life to walk away, but the fact in this room or online, you are still here. Maybe you've had people around you become offended. Maybe you've had opportunities to be offended. Maybe they've even tried to influence you to be offended. Maybe they've told you about all the stuff that's not fair and not right. And yet in the midst of all of that, you're still here. This is a tough one. I I read recently 40% of people during coronavirus, 40% of the body of Christ has left the local church and won't return. Not just taking a break, not waiting to come back. Studies say they're not coming back. 40%. You know, I have watched people over my years. I have watched people that were close to me walk away. Maybe you could think of names right now. People that were close to you that walked away. Reminds me in John chapter 6 where people are grumbling, murmuring, complaining. Jesus is teaching them You know, sometimes we accept that free gift of salvation, but then once it gets to discipleship and development, that's not always as easy. When God is working on us and changing us, and in this moment in John 6, the Bible says after Jesus said these things, many of his followers left. They left. They stopped what? What's it say? They stopped... Don, they stopped following him. Jesus asked the 12, do you want to leave too? you going? Simon Peter. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. The, The guy who we started with 20 or 30 minutes ago that dropped the net immediately. That guy. He speaks up and he said, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words that give eternal life. Maybe you've watched people walk away. You have some of those crossroads moments. you going to? You going to sleep in too? And cut the grass too, and give up on your Bible reading, your prayer. You and give up on your faith because you don't understand. Why this and how come? And maybe you're at a John 6 kind of crossroads in your life. For others, as we get ready to pray, I've met people that th- this would be what, what probably they would share with me. Maybe you would say, I've, I've failed. I have failed. But I'm still following. We had time to read today. Simon Peter, same guy, curses, denies God, right? He's by the fire, goes back to his boat. You know, sometimes people pick the net back up, right? And Jesus shows up with Simon Peter. Do you love me? Maybe you could fit in that category where you would be like, I have failed, but but I'm still wanting to follow. Maybe you have faced attacks of the enemy. Jesus told Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you. Maybe you have faced attacks of the enemy. Just recently I heard, <clears throat> just recently I heard about the individual that was saying all the things they were mad about. It's a true story. They were saying all the things they're mad about. I'm mad at the parking lot thing, and I'm mad at this, and I'm mad I wasn't, and I'm mad. And I was so glad when I heard that someone said to them, Are you mad at the devil? They were listening to all these things and people they're mad about. You know, right? <clears throat> you and I don't wrestle flesh and blood. We don't wrestle flesh and blood. The parking lot guy that <laughs> who wants to take Brian Wolfe out is the devil. Maybe someone today, all the things you could be mad about in twenty twenty, maybe you should be mad at the devil. It's a true story. As we get ready to pray, Winston Churchill was known for leading England through tough times. Helping to defeat Nazi Germany. At this point in his life, he was 71. So for anyone thinking, Pastor Micah, maybe I'm, you know, too aged or too old, or just want to remind you today of all the great things that can still happen in your life. He's seventy-one. We we often hear about the victories in those battles, but, but one thing that I wanted to bring to your attention today that I love is they say that whenever there was a bomb in London, whenever there was a bombing in London, the first thing Winston Churchill would do is he would grab someone who, who did photography who would take pictures, he would get a photographer and he would go directly to the site of the bombing and he would take a picture. First thing he would want to do, if there's a bombing, they said he would go to the site, he would have the photographer take a picture. Because he wanted the enemy to know, I'm still here. I want to celebrate today as a pastor, because I, I could hear you share, my family member died, and my husband got laid off, in 2020, and all of the division, and if we talk today, you could give me so many reasons, so many attacks, so many tough times. You could share all of them with me. Today I want to almost celebrate. I'm not going to go around and take pictures of Tim and Jill Bradford, Aaron and Jenny McKee, Rob and Alicia Thrush, but I almost want to today to let the enemy know I'm still here. I know it's not been the easiest since I dropped the net, but I am still Here, I've decided to follow Jesus in spite of the attacks. No turning, no turning back. Rodney, no turning back. John 21. This is over three years later from when they first committed to following Jesus. Verse 18, very truly I tell you when you were younger you dressed yourself and went where you wanted and when you're old you stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you, lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter, this is the same guy three plus years earlier that drops the net. He's telling him how he's going to die. Then he said, this is really important. Come on story side, I want to help you. I've been waiting all week to read this verse to you. Then he said, follow me. But you already told me that three years ago. I heard you the first time. But I want to submit to you today that sometimes the second follow and the third follow and the fourth follow is almost more important. The first time I dropped the net, I didn't even know what I was getting into. But sometimes once you've been around for a while... And you go through some highs and lows and the enemy's trying to take you out. Sometimes the second follow is almost just or at times even more important for you to say, I didn't just start. I'm going to finish. In this moment, the Bible says in verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple who Jesus loved was following Verse 21, when Peter saw Him, he said, Lord, what about Him? Let me just pause this as we close. Jesus said, you follow Me. You, Peter, you follow Me. And Peter says, what about Him? What about how they're voting? What about how they're parenting? What about what they're doing? Why aren't they here? What about... And Jesus says, what is that to you? What is that to you? How often in our following, Jesus, do we start worrying about everyone and everything else? What about them? Jesus said, no, what about you? I'm asking you today, asking you story side. Don't let anything or anyone stop you from following Jesus. I'm asking you, Chris Drake, how long have you been clean now? Six years, Six years 11 months, two weeks. <laughs> I'm asking you today. I love you. I love you. I love your family a lot. I'm asking you, Chris, please. When I hear those statistics, 40% and stuff like that, that's tough to hear as a pastor. I'm asking you, don't stop following Jesus. Jenny, I didn't know till you posted. I didn't know when you said my dad died at 16. I didn't know that. There are people, there are people that go through times like that. There are people that go through seasons like that and they're not up singing today. When I listen to you sing today, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's a lot of people, if they would have taken your road and your journey, they'd be a statistic. They wouldn't have made it. I want to ask you, because I'm proud of you making it this far in your family. I love your family. I'm asking you, don't let anyone or anything stop you from following Jesus. I was to go around this room today. Tim, Tim, I know I know you know this, but I am so proud of you. I mean not everyone knows your story, but you had three dads that, that died, right? Your your dad and then stepdads and the third one died by the age of what? How old was you when your third third dad? I was over thirty two. Thirty-two? How old when your first dad? Three. Three? And then 15. fifteen. And then turn into all kinds of partying and I won't get into all the details, but some of the stuff you've shared with me. We don't Jill how many times did you pray for him Uh, thousands Thousands. (laughs) Thousands. was it almost begging God God please save him God please I I mean just think about some of those prayers who would have ever dreamed Tim Bradford would be on the front row huh Here's what I know, Tim. Here's what I know. I know over 30 years, it's not always easy to follow Jesus. If it was, you wouldn't have John 6, many left. You wouldn't have John 6. You wouldn't have Demas has forsaken me. You wouldn't have now studies 40%. Tim, I know it's not always easy. I'm asking you, don't stop following Jesus. When you have all of those opportunities and all of those options and all of... There's so many things that could pull you away. I'm asking you, don't stop following Jesus. If I had time today, is that you, Terry? So I don't have my glasses on, plus I got tears building up, so it's even worse. I'm praying for your family. Hello, Donnie. Is that you, Spence? Is Michaela working? She's serving in kids. Thank God for people who serve. If I had time to go around the room today, I would ask every single one of you that same thing. Please don't stop following Jesus. Please. There's nothing, you know, I, I need to pray. I don't want to get emotional, but I, I was thinking this week, it was really tough for me last week, and I only shared it at nine o'clock, but when I had someone older say, Pastor Micah, do you think if Jesus returned, if this was end times, do you think Storyside would all be ready? I want to say yes because I can't think of one person that I would want to lose. I would not want one person in this room or those that can see online. That's, that's a tough question to even have asked to you. I'm asking you don't let offense. Don't, don't let everything racially and politically, don't let divisiveness. I'm asking you as your pastor today, you say, Pastor Micah, what could we do for pastor appreciation? There's so much going on, layoffs. and everything. I'm, I, I don't want anything from you except what I would ask is keep your faith. The greatest gift you could give me is keep your faith in all of this. Stay strong in your faith. Keep following Jesus you close your eyes today and give me the opportunity to pray for you. If you've never given your life to Christ, in the room or online, if you've never said, okay, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I'm asking you to make that decision today. When I go get in that truck, there'd be nothing that I would love any more than for somebody to say, I gave my life to Jesus today. So if you're, not, if you're not confident, if you're not sure that you're saved, if you've never given your life to Jesus in the room or online, I want to pray for you today. If you would say, I want to follow Jesus. If that's you today in the room, you could just raise your hand. If that's you online, you can let us know in the comments. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over here, sir. I want to follow Jesus. With no one right over here on the side, thank you. With no one looking around, I want to ask all of you as well, if you made that decision to follow Jesus, but you know there's all kinds of things that are constantly trying to derail you or distract you. But you want to recommit like Peter that second time. I'm still following. I'm still following. I I can't get distracted just want you to raise your hand to say, God, on this Sunday morning, I want to recommit all over again to following you. No turning back. Would you just raise your hand right now? This is not so much for me. This is your way of letting God know. I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep following. Highs and lows, I'm going to keep following. Ups and downs, I'm going to keep following. Hands are raised all over the room. I'm going to keep following. God, I pray right now for the person with the first follow, the first follow that says, I repent of my sins. I want to turn my life around. I want to follow Jesus. I pray for someone who is committing for that second time or third time or fourth time to say, I'm going to keep following. I pray that nothing, nothing and no one would be able to cause us to walk away from our faith, walk away from our belief to get Sidetracked. I pray, God, even today that there would be a fresh follow. Let there be a fresh following of Jesus today. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand all over the room, story side? Can we sing this out to him? Come on, a fresh follow today. A fresh follow today. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to hear, well done. I'm going to hear well done. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. If you're physically able, would you just raise a hand to heaven as we make this our prayer in closing? I've decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Declare it this morning. No turning back. No turning back. Let's sing it one more time. I have decided to follow Jesus.